All right, let's move over to a big story in the NCAA tournament. Max Aismas from uh, Oral Roberts led Oral Roberts into the uh, Sweet 16 and nearly made a shot to put him to the Elite Eight. Uh, first kind of low major run really stood out like that since, you know, Steph Curry and Davidson. Obviously, there are a lot of comparisons with his shooting range and just his overall scoring to Steph Curry. Um, he's not officially in the NBA draft yet, but uh, turned 20 in April. And uh, what are your thoughts on Max? Just, you know, first thoughts, I guess. Uh, physically, he's a bit undersized, around six foot. I mean, six foot might be being generous, to be fair. You know, and, uh, we look at a guy, like you said, they led college basketball in scoring this past season. He's a true three-level scorer. And, uh, the other thing that stood out to me is they played a couple of good games against good teams. They played Arkansas twice. They played Ohio State in the tournament, played uh, Florida in the tournament. I think they played uh, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma in the regular season. They played a couple more Power 5 games. And against all those teams, he was really good against good competition. So it's not like this is a guy that just dominated, you know, the Summit League and was a Summit League all-star. This is a guy that showed up against really good teams. Yeah. Oral Roberts definitely is not making that run without him. So, no. like you said, he's definitely definitely showed up against the biggest competition and performed at such a high level that almost turned uh, Oral Roberts into a major Cinderella there. Uh, like you said, 24.6 points per game as a sophomore. It's pretty incredible, even at the low major level. I mean, there's not too many guys that can put up that many points and keep the efficiency he had. Um, 63 true shooting percentage, 58.5 effective field goal percentage. Those are pretty outrageous when you're scoring 25 points a game. It's uh, a guy that shot eight threes a game and still managed yeah. to shoot 43% from three. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Speaking of that, like uh, we talked about book night going from mostly assisted threes to mostly off the dribble. And that's what Aismas did too. Um, but obviously he had a, a lot more success with uh, those shots. But as a freshman, most of his shots were coming off the pass and off the catch. And then this year was mostly off the dribble. It's a pretty big change for, for one year. But Obviously worked out well for him and Oral Roberts. Yeah, I think another area of his game that was outstanding was him as a pick and roll ball handler, like ranked in the 93rd percentile. I think he averaged over over nine points per game in off pick and roll situations. Just you know, for a guy that had the ball in his hands, and uh, I can't remember their big fella's name. He did a really good job of getting him the ball spots where he could you know finish uh, you know in the lane or around the basket. And whenever it came to scoring, he was lethal in that in that phase too. Yeah, I really liked that. Uh, he really didn't turn the ball over. Like even as a freshman two seasons ago for Oral Roberts, he didn't turn it over. And this year he definitely took great care of it. So like you're saying, I think that's something that he can really rely on in a pick and roll game. And, you know, just despite his size, you're going to be confident that he's going to make the right decision to take care of the ball. Right, right. And like, we're looking at a guy that also, you know, like if you look at all of his analytical categories this past year, it's hard to poke any holes in his game offensively. Like ranked 99th percentile in spot-up situations. Like, you know, consistently took guys off the bounce all, all year long. Was lethal in iso isolation opportunities. You know, and we even look at a guy that's like maybe six foot or just below six foot for a guy 
that size to finish the way he did it around the rim was also impressive. Yeah, yeah. I thought his burst was really good, especially for low major level. You just don't see guys that have that burst and then can also, you know, back it up with mid-range floater type of game or even three-point shots like he does. That's why he was just so unstoppable. I mean, he was blowing by guys off the dribble and then, yeah, he would get in and there's a shot blocker at the rim and he has that, like, he, he almost leans back on his floater. I don't know if I've seen many guys do that, but he would he would lean back almost like a Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway Mm -hmm. where he's leaning back a little bit to get that extra room to get it over shot blockers. I think that's going to be really useful for him going forward since he is going to be the smallest guy on the court pretty much every game. But really thought his quickness was at a high level and then he knows how to use it too. He's just not a a blow-by guy and has no game behind it. He knows how to use it, knows how to pick his spots really well. And we're also talking about a guy that in the situation, the few times that he was off the ball, he does a really good job of cutting and moving. Like you see in the tournament, how many times he would, you know, slip past a guy and get a backdoor cut for a layup. Like that impressed me too, because you know you see a guy that has the ball in his hands that much, but he's not just a one-trick pony. He can play off the ball a little bit. Yeah. I thought his shot prep did require a little bit of space, but then he kind of negated that by having such deep range. I mean, he'll just keep moving back and back, giving more space to get it off. So I think that's something kind of watch, especially the NBA where you don't have any time at all, even against, you know, when you're considered open, it's still a tenth of a second. Right, right. Like everything with him as a play a playmaker, I would say he's more, you know, he's a ball dominant guy that's wired to score more so than create for others. But at the same time, he's playing at Oral Roberts. What do you want him to do? Yeah, I think it's definitely possible for him to turn into a playmaker just because he knows how to play so well and with his quickness he doesn't turn it over so i think the tools or at least the ingredients are there for him to be a playmaker for others no i i agree with that 100 another area of his game was you know you look at a guy that goes off, shooting off the dribble most guys they you're supposed to, that number's supposed to drop when you're shooting off the dribble you're not <laughs> supposed to rank in the 95th percentile shooting off the dribble like he did this past year. yeah he was unreal especially like what you said you know pulling up and transition or off ball screens and, you know, from close to 30 feet, kind of like Steph Curry, um, just drilling shots. I mean, I think that's the easiest comparison is Steph Curry, but obviously Steph is a once-in-a-generation type player, so we can't uh, make a one-for-one comparison there, but that's the type of game that kind of reminds me. And the other thing for Steph is he's like 6'3", 6'4", where Max is probably 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like, I really like um, A-Smith's um, floor in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the bare minimum, I think you're looking at a bench score and contributor that can really run the run a team. And then the upside is, you know, he's, he's a big-time scorer and shooter or they can light up defenses. So what are your thoughts on what he can do at the next level? To me, at the very least, he's the guy that bring off your bench. You can score it, create for others, and just run your second unit, be be lethal, and just kill kill other teams' bench. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good role. Yeah, I, I see that as well. And like he's always, to me, I think he's always going to be a below-average defender mm-hmm. because of his size. Um, even if he adds some muscle, I think it's still going to be an uphill fight for him. But with his offensive game, especially if he becomes more of a playmaker, I think that's going to outweigh his defense by a, a large mar- margin. So like he said, I really like his, his floor in the NBA, I think it's pretty high. I, I agree too. And I mean, I, I do see defensively teams will be wanting to run pick and rolls against him a lot. 
cre- try to create switches and get mismatches with him where, you know, he's just, you know, kind of hung out to dry, his physical limitations, size, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but definitely. the other, the other thing that kind of blew my mind, is, you know, going back to where he started out of high school, we're looking at a guy that had offers from Oral Roberts, Air Force, Army, and Maris. And now we're talking about a guy that could get drafted in the NBA draft. And only after two years. It's not like he's a four-year player. I right know. Now. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a quick, that's a quick come up for sure. Uh, do you think there is any reason for him to go back to Oral Roberts? I mean, we're, it bo- seems like we're both pretty high on him. No, man. If you're the situation he is where, you know, you look at how the draft community is talking about him, you know, see the Draft Express guys have ranked them. You know, you see stuff like that. If you're Max Asmus, you've got to strike while the iron's hot. It's it's time to go. You you get out. You're still 20. You still, still aren't going are gonna to be graded on a little bit of a curve. You go back to school. Everything you do is scrutinized, and it's going to hurt your stock most likely. Yeah, I just don't see it how he could improve his stock by going back. You're still not going to be able to play the greatest competition um, if he sticks with Oral Roberts. Obviously, everybody's got that one free transfer that he could transfer anywhere he wanted, probably. But you just, you're, I just don't see how you're improving your stock going forward. His numbers were off the charts this year. It's not like he's going to shoot like 75% from three or <laughs> something. That's about the only way he could improve it. So I think you got to go. And even if you end up as a second rounder, I mean, it's still a great chance you have a long NBA career. I think a lot of teams will be interested in him in the second round, bring him in get them on their get get them in their system get them integrated with what they want to do and bring them off the bench i just i really see a role for this guy in the nba we're talking about a league where if you're able to pass dribble and shoot you're extremely valuable player and he can do all of those things at a very high level yeah i would if he comes out this year i think i would probably take him at the end of the first round probably probably not higher than like 20 range but i think he's probably worth a, a first round pick with his floor what are your thoughts on the opinion? I agree with that. Spot? I agree with that. I, I would take him over Ohio. I would take him over Ohio 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. What about would he ever go above, you know, Cam Thomas, Dave uh, Knight, those types of guys? I don't think there's any way he goes above those type of guys. Uh, those guys with the size they have, when you look at their ability and upside and, you know, the physical tools, I think that that's going to be looked at too. They, those, those guys are like fringe lottery picks either, you know, right at the end of the lottery or just outside the lottery. I just don't, I don't think you take a guy that's six foot that early yeah. unless it's like Trey young. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty close to being there, but like you said, there's probably enough talent in this one where he kind of gets pushed a little bit lower, but I don't know. I'd, I kind of put him in that same category as Book Knight and those guys. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at just performance and talent and ability to score, and you know, that, I, I could see that. But the size thing for me is a big deal. Yeah, but I just, like we've said, like, we know, like, there's a, there's going to be a role for A. Smith, and we don't really know if there's going to be a role for Jay and Book Knight and those guys. That's fair. That's fair. Right. Um, I think that's about all I had on him. Anything else uh, you want to add here, Drew? No, nah, it's just uh, it's a pleasure to watch him play in the tournament and <laughs> performances he put on. Went in from, you know, just kind of wanting to see him after, you know, the Summit League tournament to watch him at a tournament and hoping they they would keep advancing because he was so fun to watch. Yeah, and he had that final shot against Arkansas. It almost went down. We would have seen him one more game at least. I know, I know. And the thing is, as good as he was in that game with the way they were keying on like, think about this. Arkansas was running guys at him at the half court line when he was off the ball to keep his teammates from being able to pass him the ball. 
how often do you see that at the college level? You don't you don't see that a lot. Yeah, definitely speaks to how much talent and how how important he was to that team. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I think they'll just about do it then, Drew. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining the unnamed NBA draft podcast once again, Drew. Oh, it's a pleasure. These are four very interesting guys to break down. Yeah, definitely. And four guys. I don't know if we've had a a podcast where all four guys were kind of expected to be drafted to our, our wild card was pretty uh, highly ranked. So I know our wild cards blown up. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll hit you again pretty soon. We'll try to start uh, rolling these podcasts out a lot sooner as uh, the NBA draft inches closer. So thank you once again for listening and we'll catch you next time.